Welcome back, everybody, to Around the Fifth Line, our game show featuring Blue Jacket fans mainly popularized on Twitter, or they try to be. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. The panel this week, we've got Jason from Fire the Cannon. We've got Sarah with Sarah four underscores Kent. Got Christian with CJ Watkins, 1995, younger than everyone here. And then we've got the scoreboard guy, Dave. So the NHL draft, did the Blue Jackets win the draft? Columbus Blue Jackets are proud to select from University of Michigan... Adam Fantilli. Ah, let's go. <laughs> so it's kind of a tough one. Um, I want to say yes because of you know the, my Blue Jackets fandom, but honestly, I think it's going to be hard to beat the Bedard pick from Chicago. I think everybody was kind of shocked that Columbus was able to get Fantilli, but at the end of the day, as much as it pains me to say, I think that Columbus is coming in second place behind Chicago, but that's not a knock on Columbus. It's just the way the way the cookie crumbled that was going to happen ever since the lottery night honestly yeah i mean technically i think chicago won uh the lottery but i think the most surprising factor was uh definitely columbus winning that so i mean pretty much everything dave just said was you know chicago won they got bedard but uh, i think blue jackets came in pretty close second uh for the surprise factor yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. Just because Chicago got uh, Connor Bedard doesn't mean they won the draft. Columbus obviously snuck in there and grabbed Adam Fantilli, but they also got Gavin Brindley uh, at number 34, Fantilli's teammate, and he was expected to be a little higher and uh, or, you know late first round. And then uh, William Whitelaw they got later on, I believe in the fourth, third round maybe. Uh, so overall, I think they got like of the eight picks that they made. Four of them were projected to be in the top 100. We, we, got, we drafted four centers and, and uh, drafted a position of need. So I absolutely think we uh, edged out the Blackhawks. We didn't get the best player available because obviously Chicago took him. So we did get Fantilli, which was a big surprise. And the fact that we also got his teammate, uh, Gavin Brindley, uh, he, everyone expected him to go in the first round. Um, but I do think that we won at the draft. Uh, we saw with Fantilli and with his teammate how excited players are to come to Columbus. Uh, it's no longer just a destination that you are stuck at when you get drafted, but it's a place that people prefer to be at now, uh, which is absolutely fantastic to see. Yarmo versus the fans. So are fans right in criticizing Yarmo constantly or are fans right to praise him? Now, we all know on Twitter, everyone's ready to cancel the management team at all times. But it's funny because you see fans rejoicing because he picked Fantilli. Now, it's not like he pulled a rabbit out of his hat, and a lot of us agree that Fantilli was probably the right one to pick once Anaheim passed on him. Is it right that fans criticize him all the time, or are they right to praise him? And what's going on with the, the bouncing back? We got Fantilli! Oh, my God! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Yarbo. Thank you. This is huge. This is one of the biggest days in franchise history. what Yarmo does anything fans are going to criticize every little thing that he does especially when you're a losing team the more you lose the more he's going to get criticized the thing that I really don't like though is the same fans who were literally just shitting on Yarmo two weeks ago about Babcock and Provorov are now just tweeting out two nights ago 
you know, how awesome he was to get Fantilli. So that's the stuff that I don't like. Yeah. Um, I mean, are they right in criticizing him constantly? I mean, as fans, that's kind of your right. You pay to you pay for your tickets, you pay to watch the team. But in my opinion, if you're going to be criticizing people in the front office, if you're going to be criticizing coaching player players, or you should be able to at least give reasons why they're doing things wrong. You can't just say, oh, Yarmo's awful because he signed this guy or that guy. Give me a reason why. If your logic doesn't make any sense whatsoever, then you know I have a hard time agreeing with you one way or the other. But criticizing, that's what fans do, unfortunately. Look at Ohio State with Ryan Day. He went undefeated, lost the last game to Michigan, and everyone was calling for his head. It happens. Yeah, I mean, as, as paying fans, I mean, they can say what they want. Uh, on Twitter, they can say what they want. Uh, Yamo has been here 10 years, so, I, I mean, his seat is a little hot for fans. Front office, I doubt that they think his seat is hot. Like we said, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of business, right? So we go out and hire Babcock and hire or I'm sorry, sign Proveroff or trade for Proveroff, you know, and then, we're, you know, obviously we're praising him when Fantilli slips to three. Personally, I mean, people can say what they want, but right or wrong, you know, if you pay to go to the games and, and pay your cable bill to watch the TV and everything, watch the games, I think you can say what you want pretty much. So I've been a pretty open anti-Yarmo kind of guy. If there's one thing that describes Blue Jackets fans, it's, it, it's a fan base that, we, we crave accountability with our front office. Yarmo has been around for a decade. We don't have much to show for it. A lot of the free agents we ended up signing, we gave them very big contracts, whether I like the players or not. Part of that's because you have to pay a little extra to get some of these good players here. The one thing that Yarmo has done that I very much enjoy, though, to give a little bit of devil's advocate, is that he, he, he did get Gaudreau. Fantastic. But... He kind of lucked in to Fantilli because it was not in the ball was not in his court. It was definitely Anaheim's decision to make. I think that they got the wrong player. Fantilli is definitely the better one. Uh, fans, absolutely. Why not yell at Yarmo if he does a bad job for 10 years? Uh, voice your displeasure. Why not? All right, we move on to our next topic. Who has the final say on who plays on the team? Mike Babcock or Yarmo Kekalainen? This is something that uh, my stepmom actually was curious on what you guys' opinion on. So we're going to start with you, Jason. You know, Yarmo and his scouts are the ones that go out and watch these guys. They spend weeks and weeks out of every year going out and scouting these kids. They bring them in. They try them out. Yarmo says, hey, these are my 30 guys. You know, evaluate them and tell me who you want. That, that's the way I think it goes. Ultimately, I think the GM does tell the, uh, the head coach who is going to play. Uh, and then once you hit the ice, Babcock says, you're not playing that much tonight. You know, you may be on the team, but you're not playing that much tonight. Uh, I, I think going back to, you know, when Tortorella was here, it, it was clear. It was very, very clear that Yarmo wanted certain guys on the team. And, you know, they just didn't gel with uh, John Tortorella at that time. So it might be the same. I would imagine it would be the same for Babcock as well. Yeah, uh, I kind of, you know, more or less agree with Jason to a, to a point. I think, you know, Yarmo is going to come in and Yarmo and JD both are going to come in and say, okay, these are our guys. These are who we had the scouts look at, this is who we evaluated. This is our, you know, 25 or 20, I'd say 28 to 30 guys, right? Out of those that group, they'd be okay with any of those 23 guys making the roster. At that point, I think once that roster gets kind of cut down to that 23 number 
uh, where it's going to be for the season. At that point, that's when the head coach has to take over. It's your job is to take the team that the organization has given you, make it make that team win games, do whatever you need to do to to get W's. So I think that it's kind of a team thing, but it's separated into kind of preseason and and then during the season where Babcock will take over once the season begins. Yeah, they pretty much covered it all. I mean, it's Yarmo's job to get the guys and then it's the coach's job to, you know, make the team successful or at least try to make them successful. So, I mean, I think ultimately Yarmo has, he's the boss. He's got the final say, but it's Abcock's job to win games. Yarmo's definitely got his 30 or so guys that he is just all about. We saw a lot of players last season that we probably would never see play in the NHL. Uh, I never even heard of Tim Bernie or Marcus Bjork. And those are two guys that really stuck out to me from last season. I'm sure that once the training camps begin and we kind of see the more defensive style that Mike Babcock allegedly wants to play, Yarmo is going to have his hands all in that team, though, helping making final decisions. This is his last ride. He can't risk letting a coach who has such a different culture about him turn this team completely upside down to the point where it's so disjointed nothing's quite fitting right. So he needs to make sure he's that one piece that's making sure everything fits right. Plus, let's be honest, the bald man, he's probably got a cast somewhere. He's got a real Dr. Evil kind of Bond villain vibe to him. Uh, he's probably has, he has his hand all over the stamp team. It's the schedule reveal. And Dave, we're going to start with you. Did the CBJ marketing team hit the mark with the reveal to help attract new fans? That big uh, reveal we saw on Twitter. <laughs> CBJ marketing team absolutely killed it. It was one of, it, it was the best schedule reveal of this season for sure out of any of the teams. Duck came a close number two, but just the small little Easter eggs that they put in there. Having the silhouette of Babcock holding up the cup with the little disclaimer afterwards saying that any coach that might be in this video isn't necessarily going to be our coach, but you know what we're saying. And then the other thing that was just absolutely incredible was when they listed all the teams, having Arizona have the asterisk next to it, team location subject to change. I just, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I, they absolutely killed it. And I would not be surprised if there is at least a handful of people who will be signing up for season tickets just to see what entertainment value they might be able to get inside a nationwide arena this season. All right, so Dave said a lot there. Christian, what do you think? Boy, I tell you, I, I love the whole meme thing that they just went with. That is some WWE Friday, 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 <laughs> main event vibes. 
I haven't seen something like that in a long time. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. The, the shade that they threw on Pittsburgh, I, I had to make sure I didn't just reapply like SPF 100 sunscreen. There was so much shade coming through that screen. One of the big things too is I, I kind of like the whole uh, talking about the coach. Uh, the sort of uh, micro machines, uh, 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 subtext, little, well, you know, uh, coach, he's announced Saturday, but we don't know who it is yet. Wink, wink, you know, kind of thing. It was absolutely fantastic. W will it attract new fans? Absolutely, 100%. Will it make a massive difference? I don't think so. But, oh, yeah, there's some fans that were kind of like, uh, maybe I'll join because that's kind of fun over there. Yeah, they caught me off guard. Uh, it, was our, it was posted, and I was – writing my article in the hockey news. And then, you know, the, the, I was actually watching the video as I'm trying to write, and I'm like, what is happening right now? I, I could, not, could not believe what I was watching. And like they said, just the, all the little Easter eggs. And um, I do think the Ducks may have done a little better. I'm not going to lie. That video was really, really awesome. But, no, they absolutely nailed it. Knowing some of the people in the front office, they love wrestling. So this didn't surprise me one bit. But yeah, they knocked it out of the park on that one. All right, Sarah. So I'm going to ask you this. The schedule reveal came out. A lot of people clicked on that Twitter link like me, thinking I was just going to look at the schedule. Next thing I know, I'm greeted with this crazy video. So did the CBJ marketing team, which is what I'm assuming the PRT marketing team who did this, did they hit the mark with the reveal to help attract new fans? I don't necessarily would say that they would attract new fans, but the video was definitely hype for already Blue Jackets fans. If the mark, if that marketing uh, department is just a little preview of what we're getting into this season, then I'm hoping the giveaways and promotions uh, will be uh, pretty uh, a lot better this season. All right, there, Sarah throwing a little shade to see what kind of giveaways and promotions she can get. I like it. All right, now it's time for buy or sell. We go to our second round, and buy or sell is basically where they're going to get a topic and they either buy into it or they sell the topic. So we'll jump right in to topic number one. This is gonna be Elvis Merzlikens. Of course, he just came out with that uh, video interview that he did at Pins. was pretty interesting. So Christian, we will start with you. Buy or sell Elvis Merzlikens will be able to get back to year one Elvis. Sell. I, I've heard the same stuff before. Uh, the numbers don't lie. He hasn't been great. Elvis, if you're watching, buddy, I love you to death. I wish you all the best. But you had one good stretch of games. Uh, that that run from January 11th to February 2nd uh, was fantastic. But I don't see it happening ever again, man. Absolutely, bye. He will get back to his regular self. Uh, he made some some life changes. He's made some emotional changes. He's uh, emotional, psychological. He's moved on. Um, I don't think he could truly move on from from what happened uh, with Kiv Lennox. Um, but he is he's taken that step. To move on and uh absolutely he's gonna have a he's gonna have a hell of a year this year bye definitely uh mark my word elvis is going lights out this year he admitted in his in that interview that brand new elvis can't wait to see how many wins he uh gets this year screw all you elvis haters i'm i'm buying it 100 buying it is he gonna win the vesna probably not but like Sarah said, he even said it. He's going to be a brand new Elvis. Said he's punishing himself for what he's been for the past couple seasons. He's not going to be a, a year ago Elvis, two years ago Elvis. He's going to be year one Elvis. Watch the video. Just the smile that he had on his face when he hugged Corrali in that video. I can tell you right now, he's a totally new guy. All right, we'll have to see what happens. Buy or sell a top six centered by Fantillion Sillinger can win the Stanley Cup. Sell. I don't think Sillinger has it. You know, his freshman season, he had a great season. 
But going from 31 points down to 11 in his second, I know the team was rough. He went through some stuff uh, both on and off the ice. I don't see it happening. we got to find a different center other than Sillinger. Uh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Uh, Sillinger is going to have a, a comeback year this year. It, it, you know, he just sophomore slump. I mean, it, it was what it was. I mean, he probably should have been, honestly, he probably should have been in Cleveland the first two years anyway. So absolutely buy it. He's going to have a comeback year. And Fantilli, those two could probably be the uh, two top centers of the future. Let's go Stanley Cup. All right, Christian. So we go to you. Buy or sell a top six centered by Fantilli and Sillinger can win the cup. Sell. So. So Fantilli, I'm not worried about him at all. It's, it's Sillinger that I'm worried about. Uh, everyone else says that he took a sophomore slump. I think he took a sophomore nosedive. He's not that great. I don't see anything that people people love him for some reason. I don't see it as a player. Uh, those two will not be a McDavid Dreisaitl. They will not be a, a, a Crosby Malkin. They will not be a Backstrom Kuznetsov. Sillinger uh, is not up to standard, I don't think. And he has a lot to prove uh, if he ever wants to be that second line center. All right, we go into the draft participants. Buy or sell only players who are projected in the first round should attend the draft. There was a lot with uh, that Tyler Peddle that was there at the end, and no one was sure if he was going to get drafted. Of course, Columbus made the trade, drafted him. But a lot of the writers and stuff were talking about how it's kind of not right for all these draft picks to want to be at the draft. I know the NHL tries to be a little bit different, but do you think there's a problem? So buy or sell only players who are projected in the first round should attend the draft. Uh, my father just grabbed me. I mean, it's uh, probably one of the scariest things leading up to it, but it was uh, the best moment I've ever experienced in my life. So- um, honestly, if you're in the draft, if you're eligible for the draft and you have declared, it's been your dream your entire life to go to the NHL. If I was in that situation, I don't care if I'm the first pick or if I'm the last pick. I'm going because I want the feeling and the experience of walking across that stage just like Tyler Petal got yesterday. It was, it's a great moment. It's going to be one of the highlights of his life. A lot of the times, you know, you never know if a guy that late is going to make it in the league. So why not let them have that moment in the sun? NFL does it. They have a whole jersey made for Mr. Irrelevant, who's the last pick in the draft. Why not allow these guys to do it? It's their choice. If they're demoralized by it, then be better, be picked earlier. Yeah, listen, sell that. There's If you're, if you're pick three in Adam Fantilli or you're pick 244 in Tyler Peddle, those guys work their butts off to, to, to be able to sit in that arena and watch the draft. Absolutely not. Sell that. I, no, absolutely not. Those guys can sit and do whatever, whatever they want. They're getting drafted into the NHL. They should be able to do that. I mean, it's far more than half these other writers have been able to do. You know what I mean? So, no, absolutely sell it. So, I'd buy that, to be honest. Uh, nobody watches after the first round anyways. Nobody really cares. They'll just get the notifications on their phone, whatever. Uh, the first, the first day had six hundred seventy-five thousand views. The second round, the second day, uh, only had six thousand views. Nobody cares about that. Plus, it really doesn't matter that much. Even Strathman that we drafted, he was taking a shit when he got drafted. Even the players aren't even caring that much. Ratings don't have anything to do with with whether or not the kid should be there or not. The kid no, was taking I mean, a that, shit. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent sell. Uh, what two hundred twenty-four kids got drafted? Each bring their mom and dad. That's math teacher. That's what uh what six hundred. That's six hundred people right there in a in an arena that in an arena that holds uh twenty thousand people. Bring them all in. There's plenty of room. There's no need to only have the first round kiddos be there. Bring them all in. 
672. People who finish last in their class in college still go to graduation. Think about it that Save way. Save that money and put it into the first day. Who cares? All right, final topic on buy or sell. The chance. The chili chant. The one minute to go, Michigan still sucks chant. Buy or sell, fans should move on from these chants, Sarah. 100% sell. Um, if Roosters is going to give me free chili the next day, I will chant anything they want me to. Love the chili chant. Michigan still sucks. Absolutely love that. Any chance I can get to trash Michigan and their stupid fans, I'll take it. Michigan still sucks. Bye. Get rid of the chili chant. Get rid of the Michigan chant. Get rid of the Pittsburgh still sucks chant. Get rid of all that crap. I, I, I come to watch a Blue Jackets game. Don't care about college sports. Uh, it's lame. It's stupid. We got a couple players from Michigan on our team now. It doesn't matter. Plus, uh, Kent Johnson scored a toe-drag goal, a uh, Michigan goal, rather, uh, on March 24th, 2023, versus the Islanders. And what happened? The fucking chili chant. He deserved better than that. Sell it. Again, we go back to what we talked about before. I'm a paying fan. and do whatever the hell I want when I'm in the arena, right? The chili chant, whatever. It's a sponsorship thing. Okay, fine. But the Michigan still sucks thing. If you go to the games and you really listen, not a lot of people actually do that. My section chants, Pittsburgh still sucks. We're not even playing Pittsburgh. We're, we could be playing Carolina. And they're chanting, Pittsburgh still sucks. So it's no different than, for, uh, than, than chanting, Michigan still sucks. But Michigan does still suck, by the way. All right, Dave, bring us home. All right, I'm going to sell. I'm going to start off by saying the chili chant, I agree with Sarah. If Roosters wants to give me free chili, I'll say whatever you want me to say. I don't care. However... The Michigan sucks chant needs to go. This is not who they're playing on the ice. This has nothing to do with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I get it. You're in the city of Columbus, Ohio State, whatever. If you want to chant, if you want to chant, stop. No, if you want to chant Michigan sucks, do it in an Ohio State game. Don't bring it into Nationwide Arena when the Jackets are playing the Penguins. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it, if there's one game where you should be allowed to do it. And it's when we play the Red Wings. Other than that, keep it out of the NHL. It's a college sport. We have how many guys now on the team that played at Michigan? Who developed at Michigan? We are the Columbus Mason Blue Jackets at this point. No. We went Come we on. went to a Detroit game and they told us how much they hated Ohio State. So don't tell me it's just an Ohio thing. Yeah. Well, you guess, were Detroit, you wear, I'm guessing you were wearing Ohio thing. State stuff. That's my point, Christian. No, that's my point. I was wearing Why are we bringing college? But is the arena chanting Michigan still sucks at the end of every period? I was wearing a blue jacket or whatever you want to do. I was wearing a hold on. I was wearing a blue jacket jersey at a blue jacket Red Wing game. People shit on blue jacket fans for wearing a blue jacket jersey and Ohio State hat. We went to that damn game. Half the fans were wearing Michigan jerseys and Red Wings hats. I'm telling you. It happens everywhere. They told us how much they hated us. They told us how much they hated Ohio. It happens everywhere. No, man. I'm telling you right now. Absolutely everywhere. I'm telling you right now. I know know this is a a Blue Jackets podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and say I went to the game. Oh, dude, Ohio State. (laughs) And that brings us to the end of Buy or Sell, which takes us into our elimination. And Jason, I honestly thought you were going to rattle Dave there at the end and come back on this. So Dave... He almost had me. Christian, we're going to take it on to the elimination round, so they're going to go heads up. So we are going to say goodbye, unfortunately, Uh but we will see you guys after the showdown.
All right, so we move on to the heads up. We've got Dave versus Christian. Christian trying to get win number two. Dave trying to get his first win. So we'll see what happens here. The first topic, this actually comes from my father who has season tickets. This is a big discussion up in their section all the time. Do we finally have a true NHL caliber top six? The argument all the time is that our top six, our top two lines are filled with third and fourth line guys on other teams. Do the Blue Jackets with the prospects they've been building and what's going in, the talent that we have on the team now, do we finally have a true NHL caliber top six i don't think we're there quite yet we're getting there um like we said a little bit earlier in the show we're still weak in the center position even adding fantilly i don't think Sillinger's ready there yet to hit on your point of people say that we have third and fourth line guys playing on our first and second roslevic's a great example of that you put him on a an above average nhl team he's third fourth line guy all day long um so internally i don't think so we might be able to do some moving around line a wants to play center but i don't know if that'll do it either i think we're almost there but internally i don't think so we're gonna have to go out and get somebody to to take that spot i think that we're in a very good spot as far as the top six uh nhl caliber players go johnny goudreau uh fantilli marchenko that should be your number one line i know people put line a up there um i think marchenko is ready to take that role that boy was hungry last season uh, having a second line with Kent Johnson and lining as your wingers, not Sillinger, but everyone forgets about Texier coming back. This kid, people sleep on him. I do not understand why they don't like him as much. Texier has had 49 points in 125 games. Uh, Sillinger's only had 42 points in 143 games. Texier has already proven he's already better than Sillinger is. Is his upside as high? Maybe not. But that's all about how Cylinder takes it. If he just absolutely continues to nosedive, there's no reason for him to be in the top six. I think I, Texier's I think Texier's earned that spot. And even if he doesn't work out as a center, I kind of like the idea of line A maybe trying out to be that second line center. I think he's big enough. I think he's smart enough. He may not get as many uh, goals as a center, but boy, can line A pass too, I tell you. Addition by subtraction, the fact that you put players in the top six that actually belong in the top six, that moves all those players who are supposed to be the role guys, the, the maybe less skilled players, it puts them back down in the bottom six. That already makes the team better. An example that I like to use is, uh, is Gabranson. He was playing top pairing minutes last season because of injuries. Well, if you put him on the third pairing, he's already a thousand times better than what he was because he's in that proper role. So if you move players like Boone Jenner and, and, and Rossovic back down to that bottom six because you have Texier coming up, you have Fantilli coming up, Marchenko's ready to take that jump. I think we're in good shape. Dave, I, I, I personally agree with you, but Christian tugged at the heartstrings. I know this is my father's question and I did not think he was going to go there, but my dad loves Texier and that's who he thinks mm -hmm. and I cannot believe another Blue Jacket fan thinks the same way as him so I'm gonna have to give the point to Christian being on on behalf of who sent this question thanks dad Mike Babcock should be hired today hopefully we didn't get that wrong and Columbus doesn't pull something at the last minute on us two-year contract of course two years seems weird a lot of us thought that the money was there we kept hearing how the money wasn't a problem and that we should have a coach for kind of long term as we turn the corner getting away from Larson does the two-year contract give you pause and does that mean he's starting out on the hot seat Christian we'll start with you absolutely not uh so if anyone here is on the hot seat we all know it's Yarmo that's why he made such a wild decision 
uh, to get a coach that is uh, fans don't like him. They think that he's mean. He's had a past, all that kind of stuff. I'll, I, one question I ask is if, 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 if Babcock's supposed to be on the hot seat, then why is he being hired in the first place? Why would you hire a coach who you're like, oh, this guy, we have to watch him. He's crazy. Uh, another important thing to think about, too, is we gave Brad Larson two years. He was gone after two years. Why not give another guy who has a completely opposite idea of how the team should be ran two years to kind of see how the players react to that? Two years seems like a very, very, very good uh, 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 litmus test. And you can always extend him after that. It's not that two It's like, oh, two years, that's it. Another coach comes in. No big deal. You can always extend a good coach. Yeah, like Christian said, it's, it's more Yarmo on the hot seat. And I don't think it's a coincidence at all that Babcock's going to get a two-year deal um, because that's what Yarmo's got left on his deal. And so I think Yarmo being on the hot seat is what's putting um, Babcock on the hot seat, if you want to say that, you know, because there's a good chance that if the experiment doesn't work out, it's allowing the Jackets to just start fresh, start with a new GM, start with a new coach, everything wiped clean, not have to buy anybody out. Um, I think part of that, you know, half the contract might've even come from ownership saying, Hey, give him a two year deal, basically tie him, tie him to you. If you get your, if you get renewed, then you can go ahead and do what you need to do, but it's going to be, it's, it's everybody or nobody. All right. Pretty similar answers. And since I gave the nod to Christian last time, I will give the nod to Dave on this one. Will Yarmo still go after a number one center via trade or free agency? I'm going to, I don't think so. Uh, the thing is, with number one, with true number one centers, not not Blue Jackets number one centers, those guys don't come up on the on on the free agent market very often. You know, if if those players are available, something they either have injuries or they're getting old or there's an attitude problem. I don't think going free agent for a number one center is the right idea. You can always trade for a number one center, sure, uh, but we're talking free agents. Uh, and I just don't think that good, pure, guaranteed number one centers pop up on the free agency market unless there's something to be determined about them. The the, the guy in everybody's mind is Matt Duchesne. Um, got bought out today by um, Nashville, and everybody's wondering, will he come back? He had some good things to say after the trade when he left Columbus. Um and, you know, looking at it, I think it's a possibility. It kind of falls in line with what everybody was expecting from the Blue Jackets this offseason, where, you know, right now we're a little under $5 million in cap space. He's, he was at the $8 million AAV mark on his last contract. And if we were to unload uh, Roslevic in a kind of a salary cap dump deal, which a lot of people were expecting, that would free up an extra $4 million, which would put us right in the running for to be able to sign a guy like Duchesne. And I know a lot of people in Columbus would like to see him back. All right, so we're going to give the point to Dave. All right, so Dave gets the first victory for himself here on Around the Fifth Line. Dave, you are the champion. So let's go ahead, kick it over to you. And it is time for your first rant on Around the Fifth Line. I know a lot of people are going to agree with my rant here. Ticketmaster, get it figured out. All right, I'm trying to go to the Shania Twain concert at the Schottenstein Center at Ohio State in October. If I'm looking at tickets, there are only single seats available at this point that aren't resale. I'm looking at tickets right now, $90.95 for a regular non-resale ticket. The seat right next to it, $166. Then you add on all the fees. 
They've got the concert ticket price. Then you go to your venue fee, your access fee. They have a paperless transmission fee. Then they'll have a fee fee, a fee fifo fum fee, a cause we can fee, and another dollar won't hurt fee. So you know what? Ticketmaster, you need to get your stuff figured out. Quit allowing these resales. What's really making me mad is that even the handicap seats are resale. If you're looking right now, handicap seats are marked up from a from 90 bucks to 130. Come on, get it together. So once again, guys, my name is James the Third. This is Around the Fifth Line. Thank you so much for checking out the channel. Please, please, please like, subscribe, comment. Put the comments in there if you guys want to debate some of these things that these guys talked about. If you want to hate on Dave because he's a Michigan fan, by all means, maybe not say the Michigan sucks chance at the game, but put it as much as you want in the comments and hate Dave on that. I'm going to go around the panel, let everyone introduce themselves and find so you guys can find out where you can uh, find and follow them and uh, debate your opinions with them if you would like to. So... Uh, Christian, go ahead. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, CJ Watkins1995. Uh, thanks for watching. Just be good people. And Dave, what about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, the scoreboard guy, S C R B R D is how you still spell scoreboard in there. Um, yeah, looking forward to some fun stuff coming up this summer, this offseason. Uh, we got the Union Blue Baller uh, golf outing tomorrow. So that's going to be a good time. Going to be some good content being put out on all the uh, different social media sites. Uh, we'll make sure that we we post some of that stuff on our Twitter. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to an off good off season and uh, looking forward to the first game of the season in October. And for underscore Sarah, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Sarah underscore 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 and K E N T. Um, a hundred and four days until opening night. And Jason, bring us home. Where can they find you at? Uh, I am on Twitter at Fire the Cannon, F one R E the Cannon at F one R E the Cannon. Fire the Cannon. Thank you guys so much. Once again, my name is James the Third. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you guys next time.